Good morning, everybody. Wait a second. The recording has started. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Sunday morning with the Elohim. And thank you for being here. And if you're on BBS, um, we we may be able to feel you, but we can't hear you. And I have a really interesting topic today. Today's date is April 10th, 2022. I didn't say the date yet? Not yet. April 10th, 2022. Thank you. I just happened to think of it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and those of you who are regular know that this is our most popular call because we have a live conversation with our sources. And who are our sources? We have two group souls. One calls itself the Elohim. One calls itself the Ra group. And those two words have been, are we, are we, is everybody muted, Hush? Maybe we're muted. I don't know. Well, I still have a timeshare for sale. Uh, if you can hear me, I'm not here. muted. <laughs> I can see. Hang on a second. Let me mute you. What's your name? Go in with the timeshare. What's your name? Oh, I'm Lewis the Louse from Logan. And I don't really have a timeshare. Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> I see. <laughs> Lewis is a little lonely for attention this morning. And so <laughs> he wanted to talk about selling a timeshare, which he doesn't have. Now he's guilty of fraud. <laughs> no, he's not. No, he's not. He can promote I haven't it. actually, I have not accepted it. any money for this fictional timeshare. So, and even if I did, it's not something Biden hasn't done. So I can well, say the president of the United I'll States encouraged me. All right. <laughs> if you I have you a timeshare. I'll dinner. tell you, Louis. All participants are muted, and they can unmute themselves. Good morning. Everybody's muted now. Lewis, it's nice to hear your cheery voice. And um, Lewis is, I'm not going to ask him this, because I don't want to unmute him again. But um, <laughs> He's been checking us out for a number of years. And you know, Terry and I 
Well, let me go back further. When we first started talking to the Elohim, way back in 2002, the first thing that I started doing was to try to figure out who they were. In other words, yes, they were a voice, but who were they? Where were they? I knew it was a name for God, but um, how were they God? Were they God? And I asked a number of qualifying questions. Like I asked them, um, so what's your main function? And they said, creating focusing mechanisms for the energy of the field. In other words, when everything started, there was no physical universe, there were no humans, and there was this group of, some people don't like me to say energy beings, but you could call it energy beings or awareness. You could call it beings. Awareness. Well, then it sounds like they're, if I call them beings, it sounds like they have bodies. And they didn't have bodies. Oh, they don't. No, and, and, and they were a breakaway from the one infinite creator. And we've had numerous conversations going into detail about their, where they came from, how did they separate out from the one infinite creator. And, you know, the way they explained it was they did not think of themselves in any exalted way. I mean, there was nothing to exalt themselves from or with. They were um, aware, and they did not know what to do next, and they set about experimenting. And in that period of time, everything was immediate. There was no persistence. In other words, they could project holograms each other, I guess like pictures, except I don't know how they could even project pictures because there was nothing to look at, okay? But they could feel each other. And, and, and then they started experimenting with projecting energies and frequencies. And and they found out if two of them, or perhaps more, would simultaneously project frequencies, it, where the frequencies met, it created, using their, their language here, it created a node, and the node became a point of persistence. And they were very excited. 
they, 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 they didn't know this would happen. I don't think, I don't think, I think they, you know, it was like they were creators and they were learning how to create. And so these nodes became points of persistence and eventually they became physicalized points of persistence. But they were all made from the energy of the frequencies they were projecting. And another thing, time was not a fixed thing. Like we think of time as being very fixed. We look at a clock, we look at a calendar, it's a year, it's a day, but there was no such thing at that point. And they created a beginning template and eventually it became more and more sophisticated there became DNA and this evolving universe was um, evolving and expanding and over, I don't know if it's billions or trillions of years, here we are. <laughs> on planet Earth in the middle of a dimensional shift. And how did this all evolve from that? The short story is that in the higher realms, everything was fluid. Everything was changing all the time. All they had to do was think a thought and something would happen. And even in the beginning of the expansions of the, the, this universe, people would all know what they were thinking. They all knew they were part of, they weren't people. They were, I don't know what we call them, awarenesses. They knew they were part of each other. And so, they tended to respect each other. You know, the idea if you hurt someone else, you hurt yourself. They knew that. And they were respectful. And they were creative. And then this universe became, kept getting more and more dense and got to the point where Suddenly, the beings in the universe had a lot of persistence. On our planet, everything has persistence to it. And the awareness that they were part of each other and part of the one infinite creator got lost. In this realm, it's not 
an automatic knowingness. It's something you have to work very hard. Most of us have to work hard to have that awareness, okay? Even when an Elohim soul takes a body, which they do, and in fact, at various times, they've taken bodies, and like everyone else that takes a body, they lose their awareness that we're part of each other. And they tend to have more power than other people. And oftentimes, they go negative and use their power to control other people or for self-serving purposes. And, and that's the world we're in now. I'm not, I'm not saying everyone that abuses their power is an Elohim soul, but certainly, historically, that's been the case. And the celestial Elohim have been watching this process for trillions of years, except it doesn't feel like trillions of years to them, because where they are, there's no time. Or there, there's some sense of time, but it's it probably fluctuates and changes all the time on a sliding scale. It's not like here where time is very linear and um, and fixed. But the celestial Elohim had the ability to move anywhere they wanted in this universe that was created. They had all the backdoor programming, all of the sacred geometries to jump from one density to another. But not to exist there, just to project there, like remote viewing. And um, in one of the early channelings, in fact, this was really early. This was a channeling where I had been doing sessions with Daphne for about four months. And nobody knew about it. And I called Terry up. I knew Terry was interested in this kind of stuff. And... Uh, I wanted her to witness the channeling. And so she came over to the apartment we had. And when we started doing a session, and then I asked them, would it be okay if Terry asked a couple questions? Because I didn't know if that was okay. I thought maybe it was just between Daphne and me and Terry could just listen. But they said that was okay. And Terry, one of the, I remember a couple of the questions Terry asked. She said, how do you experience time? And they said, for us, it's like we jump in and out of time and timelines like you jump 
in and out of the swimming pool. And do you remember any of the other questions you asked, Terry? I could look them up, but... What is it um, like to be them? What? Are, how did they answer that? Do you remember? Um, they they liked the question a lot, and um, indicated that it was quite different, like like their experience of time was different. Mm, the experience of being able to be mobile and to move around from place to place was really um, accentuated. And um, they felt like we were kind of stuck in our bodies. Huh? Um, their perceptions were um, greater. And they, I mean, they didn't have bodies with ears, and I mean, but yeah, they had a very good perception of sound and sight and uh, the ability to move around and jump in and out of this place and that place. They had quite a lot of freedom. Now, just remember, at this time, I was not sure they were who they said they were. I mean, the the way they answered questions was brilliant, and and I said it's going to have to prove itself to me. And so th these are all questions that I was asking in the early days, like how do you how do you work with this with us this realm? How do we know when we make a connection with the Elohim? And they said, you can perceive a light around you. And I hadn't had that experience yet. And I said, okay. And of course, you've all heard the story um, probably and the next year, after I asked that question, I gave a talk at, a, at an expo in San Diego when my book came out. I wasn't talking about the Elohim. I was talking about the book. I was scared to talk about it, to tell you the truth. I didn't know how to talk about it. And as I was talking, I saw this light descend on the room. I could see it. It was really bright. It was really distracting. And when my talk was over, people were rushing out of the room to buy books. And Terry was sitting at the table, and people were coming up to her. I mean, when I walked out of the room, she said, what did you do in there? These people are coming out and rushing out and telling me they could see auras in the room, and they never saw auras before. And I really didn't remember in that moment that the Elohim said, you could feel a light around you. I didn't remember it. And the next day, we did a channeling, and I said, could you explain that energy that was in the room? And they said, that was us. We were helping you. And then I remembered in a previous session where they said, you can feel a light around you. 
some of you can feel a light around you right now because at that time I was going around, I was so fascinated with this that I was doing all these talks at all these little expos all over California and I wanted to see if it would keep happening and um, it did and the problem was I couldn't afford it. I mean, I wasn't making enough money driving to Northern California, which I did a couple of times, to pay for my gas and pay for my motel. And sometimes I slept in the car. But it was important for me to ground this experience of feeling the light. That they, that they were projecting. And I had the idea that it was very important for the people that were having that experience. But I knew they would come to my talk, they would feel that energy, and then a week later, it would be a memory, and they couldn't revive that. that most of them, not all of them, but most of them could not revive that feeling without being connected. But it's so, very interesting, like you, we'd show up for a talk and uh, they, um, the head of the seminar, the uh, expo would say, well, you know, we didn't announce this so I don't think you'll get anybody there, but we put up signs around and the room would be full to overflowing so the owner of the expo was very impressed, and he started to invite us back for everything. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you, on the very first talk I did, I didn't schedule it in advance. I just called this guy, and he was a fairly free-flowing guy, and I said, I wrote the reincarnation of Edgar Casey. He said, well, I'll put you, a, I'll, I'll give you a space to talk. But I don't know if anyone's going to come because it's not on any of our schedules. So um, Terry and I drove down to San Diego, and I made all these little flyers. And then I pasted them up on the wall everywhere in the expo. <laughs> I even went on in bathrooms and put them on the back of bathroom stalls. So if someone was sitting on the toilet, they'd have to look at the sign. and. I had the most crowded talk in the expo. And, um, but in any case, after about six months of doing this, I asked them, could you do this on a conference call? And they said they could. And we started doing a conference call every Monday. Now, I didn't tell people they're going to experience this because I didn't want to get their hopes up. And if they didn't experience it, they'd be disappointed. And what if it, what if it didn't happen? But we started doing conference calls. And when we first started doing conference calls, we, I never talked. I didn't. I don't think I talked about the Elohim. I talked about the reincarnation of Edgar Casey. It's much easier to talk 
talk about. And and then I started talking about the Elohim, and I would play audio tapes on the call of some of the sessions we did. And then, uh, after a couple of years, we did a live session on the call. Now, I was scared to do a live session because you know, I couldn't edit it. I couldn't take anything out. What if I had a negative source? But I thought I would test it. And I think we first did it with Daphne. Right, right Terry? No, maybe we did it with you. Right. We did it with you. I, I don't was, know. Uh, we did it sometimes with me, sometimes with Daphne. You did the Don and Wind show. And then, mm-hmm. uh, like, you did it with me. And it was really funny during one show. Um, you you were driving, and you, and you couldn't get the signals. You weren't on, so I was on alone. And they were saying, all right, now we want you to do a reading. Uh, on the air for a certain person. <laughs> I said, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I, I really, um, I was really uncooperative about giving a reading on, on the air. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. uh, it worked out okay. <laughs> but then eventually, we did it. Actually, yeah. Actually, if you recall, One of the things that happened was that in my traveling around, when I was doing all of these little expos, I ended up meeting a guy who was a channel. And I happened to hear him channel to just a few people. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And he was really good. And I wasn't sure who he was channeling. But it was very wise. And he was very articulate and very well-spoken. Wonderful. Yeah. And I got the idea, well, maybe... I'll do a call once a week and have him answer people's questions. And I talked to him about it, and he agreed. So we started doing that, and that became the Wednesday call. But it wasn't Terry. It was this other guy. Right. And then we eventually separated, and he wasn't going to do those calls anymore. Uh, you know what I think happened? <clears throat> I think, yeah, you know how our sources, how the uh, uh, group says, don't advertise? Yeah. Well, I think he had another uh, similar uh, access to the same group somehow. And he, um, his conscience started really getting to him. Well, I, I don't want to advertise, you know, and I think that that's why he bowed out. Well, in any case, he bowed out, and I was going to stop the Wednesday calls. 
And then the Elohim asked me, they said, why don't you let Terry do it? And I didn't think there was any way Terry could channel publicly like that online. But, but you know, it started out where um, it was between a rock and a hard place because um, the call would be there and all the people would be there with their questions and you were set to read the questions and he stopped coming and so it's like uh oh everybody's here and everybody's ready so what are we going to do and so I put my foot in the fire and I said I'll do it <laughs> and that <laughs> okay. was the start of it <laughs> well they told me they wanted you to do it okay if they didn't I, say know, that, I know I don't think I would have done it and, um, you know, Terry's channeling were deeper than this other guy's. But at that time, her style was awkward. I mean, Very she would stop. There would be all these pauses. And people would accuse me of uh, uh, that she was making it up. I know, and what was really happening, I was getting into arguments about it because I didn't have the experience, and I didn't have the vocabulary, and they'd use words I never heard of, and I'd go, I never heard of that word. How can I use that word? And it's just use it. It's, it's going to be fine. <laughs> we had some rough spots there for a while. Yeah. <laughs> And um, and that's that's how Terry jumped off the diving board, <laughs> right? <laughs> and and had to swim, and right. um, and she's gotten now much 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 better. Yeah. Okay. Right. I don't get really fights for them anymore. <laughs> She's learned to trust him, okay? And so yeah. have I. You know, I mean, it was scary to do live sessions because if something negative came through, you couldn't fix it, you know? And um, so those are some of the early beginnings of this. And as time went on, I started to get a greater, a greater affinity with him. And I could feel their energies. Or I thought I could. And, and last, this past week, I did a session with him. And last Sunday, we had a problem because when we do our healing list at the end of the call, people were starting to put multiple items on, on their request. Could you do this? Could you do that? Could you do this? Could you do that? And they explained in the session we did last week, and they brought it up. They said, um, 
You know, it really screws us up when people do that. Because what happens is when somebody puts their their healing request in, we have a team go and visit that person that's being requested about. You know, uh, I want, I'd like a healing for myself, or how's my uncle who died, or this or that. And they actually are individuals. It's like they have to work it to make it work. And lots of people that have put things on that list have had results. And and I was amazed. When we started doing it, I wasn't sure what would happen. And I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just trying not to make too many mistakes. And so what happened was somebody had put multiple requests on the list. And while there were still working with one person, the next thing came up. And yeah, it, it's like what happened was uh, they did the first part of the question. They came out really good. But then the second part of the question, Siege read it. And um, I had, we had trouble recognizing her accent. And we thought she said something else. Like, we thought she said, my mother and my cat. But she didn't say that. And so the Elohim, they jumped people to another person on the call that had a mother and a cat. Um, but then uh, Suja corrected us and said, no, no, it's not a cat. It's a person. Now, they had already jumped to the wrong person and were reading for the wrong person uh, who did have a mother and a cat. Um, but it still wasn't even quite right. The question still didn't quite match. But uh, then she said, she just says, no, no, it's not a cat, it's a person. But the uh, Elohim was already tuned in to the wrong person, so they said, well, there, there is no such person. Uh, because they were tuned in to the person with the mother and the cat. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> it's a whole big deal. They do the first thing. And then they have to, they, they go and they visit the person and they've got this whole team and they just set it up and they do the reading. And then uh, they dismantle it all. And then uh, if the, the reading goes on, it says, okay, now can you read from my Uncle Louie? What's happening with my Uncle Louie? They go, now we have to set this up all over again. And now who is Uncle Louie, who does that go with? And they, they have to put it all together again and reassemble it. So uh, it's better if 
we do one reading per person. Now, if the people call in on a Wednesday, then um, they can leave. They ask your first question, and they can leave the team set up because they know that um, it's going to be the, the the way Wynn reads it. You know, I mean, um, it's better, and and they don't dismantle it and think it's over, and then it's not over. So if you've got multiple questions, ask it on Wednesday. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to point out that if you noticed when Terry was talking, she went from talking from her own self, and she started channeling. And uh, I know, I know, it was going back and forth there. And they started talking. Right. And. Um, in any case, I told CJ, you know, tonight, today when we do, do the healing list, just do one thing per person, okay? And, um. Yeah, and they would like to revise their reading, uh, from last week, in the second part of the reading. They'd like to revise it for, uh, Patty, um, yeah. to get, to get it correct because, they revisited that and took a look at it. You know, and, and as you hear us talking, you realize they are truly diligent in wanting to help us, and to help you. And they exist. They're as real as you or I or Terry. And, and, and they're not some ethereal woo-woo they are and what i mean it's the first time you hear about it it sounds that way but the truth is they may be ethereal they may be in another dimension but they make decisions they have intents and they really want to work with this realm in 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 a in a uh, effective way in order to um, use their abilities to do things that we couldn't do on ourselves. What are their abilities? Well, you know, there's a group of them. There's a lot of them. They can move around. They can dispatch some of them somewhere. They can work with the field energies of creation, like the physical realm is, it looks very solid and very persistent. But everything that exists in the physical realm has a multi-dimensional aspect to it. And it, it starts not in this realm, but it starts in another realm, and then it physicalizes. You know, if you recall, I said the Elohim, one of their things is to create focusing mechanisms. Now, when they first said that, I didn't understand it. I said, but I, 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 I took it, and I said, okay, um, 
I have a body. Now I'm a focusing mechanism. In other words, this energy from higher realms works through me. And I have a connection with higher realms. And so do you. You may not have activated that, but you have it. You have it as a potential. And if you come to these calls, you'll, there's a very good chance you'll activate that because there's a high energy on this call and there on this call and that it brings you your own conscious self into feeling the energies. And then you have to figure out what are those energies. And, and you realize how it feels when they make a connection. And, you know, the topic of this call, I'm leading up to it, by the way. I'm saying all these things. And I decided to say, being friends with the Elohim and with the Ra. And many of you have established that. Those people that come regularly to the calls, you can't become friends with them by saying, okay, I want to be your friend. You know, you have to become familiar with their vibration and to recognize their vibration. And when you feel that vibration, to know that that vibration is not just energy. There is a consciousness and an awareness behind it. And then you can talk to that vibration and make requests. Even if you don't hear the answer, if you made the connection, they will try to work with you. And of course, the easiest way to make a request is to be on our Wednesday call and ask a question. Because it's not just the answer to the question. And, you know, early on, you know, when I, when I, I tried asking questions, I don't think I did this with Daphne, but I did it with Terry. I started asking questions. Of, on behalf of some people I know. This is before we were doing conference calls. And when they answered the questions, I knew they understood the person because these were people that I knew. And I knew their answers were very perceptive concerning the conflicts that existed in that person's space or even their subconscious um, what do you call them engrams or patterns okay yeah. and miasms and so I ask them when a person asks a question do they get any benefit besides the answer to their question? And their answer kind of amazed me. And they said, yes, they do. They said, when somebody asks a question 
and they move into the person's space. They have to go into their energy field to answer the question. And then when they retreat, there's a tract left. And the person has the possibility of connecting with the higher realms and connecting with the Elohim if they can follow the track. And you start to get the feeling, yes, they really are working with me. But, you know, it doesn't happen for everybody. The person has to reach for that. You have to be curious. You have to explore in your own consciousness and and see if you can intuitively sense that track. And it's hard to put all this into vocabulary because there is no quite appropriate vocabulary to explain it. And I'm doing my best. And since many of you have had the experience, you kind of know what I'm talking about. So um, I think if people knew there was this potential for making this connection with a group like the Elohim, they'd want it. You know, it's kind of, I've learned that if I, I get out of balance, which I do, and sometimes it feels like I'm more out of balance than I'm in balance, but I'm on an upward scale anyway. And if I meditate for an hour and call their energy in, I can feel their energy come into me and help clear my space. Now, isn't that a valuable thing to be able to do? Absolutely. I mean, when you're in this realm and you're all, you feel all alone and disconnected from everything, and things are going wrong, and you can't get into balance, you can't correct what's going wrong. You can't correct it from an unbalanced state. So, um, it's a tool to get in balance. And you can see how this idea of God came about. Because all these things I'm talking about are totally out of the box. They're not in normal human experience to make a connection with an interdimensional source. And it sounds like unbelievable. And you can imagine in times past if people felt the connection, they'd say, I've connected with God. And if you want to use that vocabulary, you could say, yes, they have, okay? But when I asked the Elohim if they really like to be worshiped, they said, no. They said, we're like your higher dimensional big brothers, and we can help you. And um, in ways that you can't help yourself. 
but you can help us as well because they're not pleased with what's going on on our planet and with the pain people have to suffer here, with the negative, trying to use power to control everything. And for them to make a contribution to that, they need people reaching for it. Because otherwise, from their perspective, to just go in and say, well, let's fix this, let's do that, it, it, um, it, it's not respecting free will if people don't ask. And it's a complex situation because one time I said, why don't you just get rid of all the negative and all the dark energy on this planet? And they said, if we did that, they would just come back another lifetime and probably be worse than they are now. Um, because even the negative has immortal souls that keep coming back. And, and plus, it would violate the free will thing. In other words, if somebody wants to do all of these actions that are harmful, it has to work itself out without them doing something that violates that other person. And um, I think that is a good enough introduction to the topic of making friends with the Elohim and Ra. And let me see what time is it. It is 11 a.m. Pacific time. Terry, do you want to say anything about that topic before we go into it? I think it. I think it's a great topic. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe Elohim are available to be made friends with, and wow, to have friends in uh, another realm like that that are so wise and can come in and hold your energy hand if you need it, and you call them. Uh, they're great friends to have. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? I know that you have them as friends. They really like you. Share, could you share your experience of being friends with them? Like when you well, were first starting to channel, you didn't experience yourself as a friend with them. You know? It's like, it's a well, worst thing. Well, they could start at first, I'd start the channel, uh, or I'd, I'd be getting ready and tuning and everything to channel, and I'd be going, uh, I don't think I can do this. This is horrendous. I don't think so. And 
and they'd just come in and I'd see that pink um pink aura surrounding me and so oh, you're gonna do great. This is gonna be a great session. And then um we'd start the session and it's and I go, I don't know if I can do this and they're going, No, don't worry about it. We got it. We're 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 on track. Uh this is gonna be a really good session. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so uh it's been amazing. They've been very helpful. You know, I, I remember when we did, when I was doing all those little lectures all over the place. And I was doing a lecture at one of those expos in Santa Barbara. And um, I didn't know was, this was not planned. But somewhere in the middle of the lecture, I called Terry up to the front of the room. And I looked at her and I said, listen, do they want to say anything? (laughs) And Terry had this flash of fear coming over her face. But she did it. And she did the most loving channeling session ever. Short one. It really took the crowd. Remember that, Terry? Oh, boy, I will never forget that. And then when it was over, a person came up to me and said, I'm a reverse speech analyst professional therapist. May I do an analysis of the reverse speech on what you said? I said, sure. And then the head of the expo overheard that and said, I want a copy. So the professional did a reverse speech analysis on it. And it was beautiful in reverse. It was like, we welcome you with moonlight and wine. You know, I mean, and that was in reverse of what they mm-hmm. said forward. And, mm-hmm. uh, it was really great, and they sent it to. I sent it uh, to the head of the expo, and he he wanted us at every expo, and we. It's like we get there, and he'd say to me, "Oh, you know, my psychics didn't show up today. Can you do psychic readings for me?" And I'd say, "No." <laughs> hmm. Okay, so we're going to go into a conversation with them. Okay, give me a minute. All right. I'll be right back. And, you know, it's taken me years to figure this out. You know, for the first few years, I was saying, do I trust them? How can this be happening? And then, at a certain point, I reached, you know, I had enough experiences of little miracles, of constant wisdom, never deviating. And um, learning some of the past life things of Terry being St. Catherine and 
who I was in a couple of lifetimes. And they would tell me, and I would look like that person. And, of course, they told Terry, and she would look like that person. So it wasn't... Sometimes people think we look through the Internet and say, who do we look like, and then claim it. But it was never that way. The chances of them pulling a name out of a hat and there was a close physical resemblance was enough for me. And um, then after a few years, I said, how do I do this? How do I do this? And I'd started doing some radio shows, and I was learning how to talk about it. And as most of you know, I ended up on George Norrie, and and then I was on George Norrie eight times. And, uh, you know, some of you ask me, well, why don't you go on again? I haven't had the chance to talk and share how this whole thing has progressed from the time that I was on. And I think at one point, George asked me a question, and I didn't want to answer it, and I switched the subject, and he got annoyed with me. Well, maybe I'll be on again. But I don't think I can depend on George Norrie. And it's like, how do you formulate this into books that win people's hearts, win people's desire to say, I want to know more? And, and we're working on that. We better yes. do it quickly. <laughs> I, I'm back, and I think that the, we're working on an amazing, amazing book right now, and we're almost done. Mm -hmm. And I wish I didn't have to worry about earning a living. I know, because, me too, me too. <laughs> because, 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 uh, early on I said, people have to, um, explore this. They have to prove to themselves that I'm not full of it. And, and I was not as good talking about it as I am now because I've integrated so many of these experiences. And so if any of you want to make donations, just remember, at the bottom of the Spirit Channel, the spiritchannel.net, there's a, dona a donation button. And I'm, I'm working on a new website, Donation Box, which makes it easy to find how to give us donations. Because I know we're worthy of it. I know the work we're doing has a potential to be expanded and to reach, who knows, millions of people, hundreds of thousands of people, and could make an impact on the world. 
So when and you I make would a like donation. I would like to thank everybody that has made a donation. It is really, really helpful to us. And it, every single one is appreciated. You know, we have to pay BBS radio. I know. Oh. A certain amount of money every month. And we always get behind. And Don has been very patient with me. Usually, and uh, I mean, we, we don't ever make enough donations a month to cover the cost of BBS. Almost never. Almost never. You know, occasionally somebody is really touched by our material and they've donated a thousand dollars. A couple of people like that, and we're so grateful. Yes. But um. You know, normally, and, and, you know, Terry is expensive. <laughs> she has to take all these supplements. She has to eat really good food. We have to pay the house costs. We leave things sometimes. We don't repair them because we don't have an extra money to repair it. So if you want to make a donation, believe me, it will help. At the bottom of the spiritchannel.net is a donation button. And someday we'll start a foundation because we are effectively a nonprofit, although we're not officially a nonprofit. So then it will even be better. So on that note, let's start this conversation. How do these friends with the Elohim in Ra? And it's probably a little different for both of them, okay? Okay. Ready. You know, I wanted to say one more thing. You know, one thing is that People who have been volunteering on Whole Planet Healing and in other ways, they definitely pay more attention to those people. The people who are actively being of service in some way, they pay more attention, even if it's not in our group. But if you're, you're doing things that are in support of this work, which is definitely connected to them, you can expect more attention. If you're just saying, I remember there was somebody that was coming to our calls at one point. They got a bumper sticker made. Elohim, fix this. Elohim, fix that. And it didn't work for that person. In any case, let's get started. Father, Mother, God, we ask for the presence of the light to surround and protect each person here. And any negativity be taken to the highest realms of light 
and be transmuted for the highest good of all concerned. We see ourselves in the flow of energy radiating from the center of the universe, through the galaxies, through the Milky Way, through the solar system, through the outer energy fields of planet Earth, through our bodies, and into the center of the Earth. And right now, we invoke a group energy connection while maintaining the sovereign integrity of our souls. And we invite those sources that are positive, service to others, honoring the law of one, to join with us. We create a protected space that only the positive has access to. Anything not of that nature must leave now. And do we have our sources present? Yes. We greet you in the website of one infant creator. We take a moment and we adjust our field to be in coincidence with the field of each and every person on the call who is listening, who will listen in the future, or will read a transcript. If we ever see anything that doesn't make total sense to you, disregard it, as we are only here to make sense and to assist wherever we may. We are attempting to assist. Uh, we realize that where you are is a difficult density, the density of duality, the density of choice. And we are here to assist with your trajectory through it as much as we are able. We require you to ask, otherwise it may be simply one of the things you're going through that is a lesson for you at that time. Um, but if you are willing to change, if your heart is open and you're available to change in the ways you wish to change, it will be much easier for you to change. And we can help provide an impetus uh, to you uh, to propel you uh, in your change. Um, we come directly to you. We don't come to the telephone line. We tried that at the beginning, but it was a disaster of um, uh, pathways through the transformers. And, uh, we quickly gave up that route. So we come directly to each and every one of you. The voice comes through the telephone line or the computer or BBS radio. And we thank BBS radio profoundly for um, putting us on. Do you have questions? Well, I'm, I'm sure you've been listening to all the things I've been saying about becoming yeah. friends. Yes. Hello? Are you there? Is I hear you, Terry. You've been dropped out. I think you've been dropped out. 
we ended up there. So some, I think something's going on with our telephone circuits in the in the city or something because we both drop out sometimes. Just a minute, let me go and tell him. When? I thank all. I thank all of you for being here and hanging okay. in there for a moment. Happy Sunday, Hello. and I thank our sources. Yes, when we hear you. Um, my line dropped down. Okay. Probably we're having too much energy on the line. Okay. Sometimes I think we overload the circuit. I don't know. You're not so loud. Okay, we hear you now. I'm not so loud. Yeah, you're good now. Yes. Okay. So let's get back into the mode. We bring in the light. We bring in the energy. And um, I was asking a question to give them just an open forum to comment on becoming friends with the Elohim and becoming friends with the Ra. And you know, we've had a lot of history of questions. Like another question that I asked them early on was, how do you notice us as individuals when there's so many billions of people on the planet? And they said, we can see when somebody's energy projects through the veil. And we know those people are on an advanced path and we can tune into them. Now, I have the suspicion that when we're on these calls, we all have an opportunity to project through the veil just through the energy on the call. But in any case, I just want to give them a open forum to talk, and then I'll ask some questions. So, Thank you. In answer to one of your questions is how can they see, how can we see you through the veil? You are a each individual with the body and the soul connections and hooked up to the body is creating an intersection between uh, different sources, the heart, the veins, the brain, and each section of the body is creating intersections that are working together that create their own light. So every person has a particular, uh, to them, um, transmission pattern of lights and darks and frequencies. This is recognizable. This is their soul signature. So this is how we recognize them. And people within families say, 
we are connected with other people and with their friends. We see a um, connection, a bonding, and this bonding transfers energy and light between those people. So when someone puts another person in the light, then we, through the first person, we can track the second person. Um, the reaching out of asking uh, uh, towards us projects a light towards us an intersection of love towards us and then we intersect with it and we create a pink light and we then can uh, majorly tune into the person and their frequencies and their light patterns and their light patterns have information so that uh, all of the information about the person is encapsulated in what they are projecting. Uh, so this is available uh, to be read. Uh, some people are more psychic than others and can read other people and can get very even specific about it. For instance, when has that capability of totally tuning into another person and then being able to read the very specific uh, information about that person by uh, <laughs> intersecting with uh, their pattern and allowing it into his face. So he is able to um, have some profound conversations with people. He barely knows uh, because but they have allowed him into their space and vice versa. So uh, this is a friendship pattern of being able to um, uh, connect, not with the physical body, but with the uh, uh, energy bodies of people. Okay, well, I am sure if people knew there was this potential to connect with you, they would all say, yeah, I want to make a connection. And I imagine... Well, some of them may and some of them may not. And there may be reasons why somebody may not. I mean, let's say somebody's a drug trafficker. And they say, oh, well, you know, I've been running a confidential um, racket here for a number of years. I don't want somebody looking at me and seeing all my uh, things that I got going on. And so they may okay. not want to connect at all. People that have a lot of guilt will be afraid of making a connection. Yes. Yeah, they can be afraid of being known or found out about. But the thing of it is, they are barred from being at the highest levels by that. Because at the highest levels, people can read each other. And they mm -hmm. don't want to be read. So this self-confines them within to their own uh, more narrow box. Mm -hmm. 
Well, assuming that people listen to this, listening to this, are people that even if they have guilt, you know, look at what you're doing that creates guilt. And yes, we don't care. We we don't yeah. care. I mean, I, anybody might have guilt about any particular thing, but uh, when you're able to um, put it in the wash and let it all wash out and and to look at it from every side and, and let it go, then, then you're back on the right track for a, a very um, smooth sailing into the higher realms. Mm-hmm. And Some people I have, have a problem. They say, okay, why can't I be negative? Why should I try to be positive when I could lie and get my own way and I could steal and I could be rich and all that? Uh, but, you know, I mean, it isn't compatible person to person and with the people you're stealing from. And so it's always some point going to fall apart on you. Mm-hmm. Well, in this idea of being friends with the Elohim and with the Ra group, it seems that our our work is creating a portal to um, open people up. I mean, if you want to be friends, you have to know something exists. You have to know the nature of of it and um the people that are been coming to our calls regularly i believe a very good percentage of them are having this experience it's because they feel your nature they they hear your words. They get a chance to read you and say, I like them. I mean, how can you become friends with something if you're not sure you like what you're wanting to be friends with? Right. And you know, friendship is something that develops over time. So yes. we don't expect people when they first get in touch with us to be friends, they just might be putting their toe in the water and checking it out and uh, saying, uh, could you help me with my Uncle Louie uh, or, you know, something and uh, just checking us out. And that's okay because friendship is a natural occurrence that will develop over time as it's worthy and deserved of. Mm-hmm. And... The Ra group said at one point, they said, if you study us, we study you. Now, I don't remember what yes, it was. Yes, it could... is very true. Yeah. Pardon? Is that, is that true for the Elohim group as well? Yes, it's very true for the Elohim. Uh, for instance, uh, as we uh, say during the channeling, and we see maybe Terry would sneeze or something, and then we take a look at that and we see, oh, yeah, and then that's body function, it's clearing the nasal passages. 
all right, you know, well, we see that's going on there. I mean, um, that's a sneeze, and so it's like we learn about you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you don't automatically know everything. You learn things. No, we don't. No, we a lot of this stuff we we go and check it out and see what the answer might be. Mm-hmm. And so the the first easiest thing to start with a friendship is to come to all of our calls or as many as of them as you can take time for. Right, or as many of them as you feel compelled to mm, Hmm. research out and and discover and uh, ask questions or pursue your own particular questions that you've always had that never never anybody gave you an answer for that you like. And then another way to become friends is you know as you study us we study you read or listen to the channelings we have posted on the spirit channel I mean we have thousands of them and some people have figured this out that listening to the channelings enhances the connection and uh, they've gone through our, the spirit channel and they've listened to every single thing we've ever done, which I'm amazed yes. because that's a mm-hmm. lot of stuff up there. But, you See, know. We, we take a look at, like, friendship, you might consider this being a, a static uh, relationship, but we don't consider our relationship with uh, people in your realm static. I mean, it's like an active participation both ways. And, like, uh, you might not always agree. It's like it's not always lovey-dovey, okay, we all agree. It's like maybe you're trying to find out something and uh, you're hot under the collar because you look at it another way or something. And you're trying to research it out. It's like we consider this a real relationship with people where they can iron out stuff and and they can lay it out. They can uh, put out their angst and like even their anger, you know. I mean, we are in a fixed, lovey-dovey uh, relationship. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I was talking about earlier. I know because I make I've made such a commitment to this work that you pay a lot of attention towards me. I mean, I can be just talking to a stranger, and um, suddenly the energy is there. I feel that yeah. energy, and and they can feel it. So you're paying attention to me because I look for every opportunity to share it, okay? Now, when people are praying to God, and they really have 
uh, how should I say it? You know, there's many people who are religious and they believe uh-huh. they know God and that God is communicating with them in some way. And they have a lot of passion about it. Are you involved right. in that? You were the raw group? We, we, uh, it's an individual thing with each person. Uh, I mean, some people, you know, it, um, might be really furious. It's like, God, how come you took my son or something? And they're really furious and, and they're really angry with God. There could be people that, uh, you know, when they're, they're talking to God, like, and then we're listening, <laughs> we're, we're saying, how, how can we help this person? Uh, and, uh, it's like they got some stuff to, to take a look at and to try and figure out, you know, I mean, uh, this is a really moving, uh, moment by moment relationship with people. And we were talking about both the Elohim and the rock group, and you're both different. You both function differently. And um, it feels to me like when I feel a connection with the Elohim, I feel what's, I have to find the vocabulary. It's like sometimes I can sense you. And I believe I'm sensing you in some high part of my consciousness as a background program. Yes. And other you, times, and it kind of makes everything okay in the background. Yeah. You're running on it's where everything is okay in spite of everything. <laughs> and other times. I I feel you, and I think it's you, as a wave of beautiful energy that encompasses my body, and I feel my chakras. Yes, and this is areas where you are in sync with us, and so you feel the energy build. Mm -hmm. Now, if and I'm sure I'm connected to the rock group. But I wanted to ask you, how would the Ra group connection feel compared to the Elohim connection? We are in Elohim a very much higher, much um, mobile, um, uh, we look for the words. Uh, We don't see the words here. We're able to... um, Rock and roll and move immediately and dodge in and out and take a look at this and that. And we, we are very much more mobile than the Elohim. The Elohim is very much more fixed with some of the frequencies in the third density. We are not in the third density. We are not even in the range of densities of your neighborhood, we are clear outside it. 
And mm-hmm. so we can get very short uh, bursts of energy, very high frequencies. Uh, we can be gone in an instant as mm-hmm. we disappear into um, some frequencies that are so high, they're nearly um, intelligent infinity. You know, the Elohim have said that sometimes they withdraw into nothingness to rest, and then they come out of it. Yeah. How does the Ra group rest? If you do. Well, we in the Ra group, we place, uh, like, let's see, uh, someone uh, in the Ra group is experiencing a lot of stress in his area, uh, like maybe on his post, uh, working uh, in the star system, I mean, the solar system. Maybe there's a lot going on or there's a war or something, and, and uh, they put a lot of energy into it, and then it's like sending a replacement troops in to... Um, to, to refresh the troops on duty while the other one goes rest. Mm-hmm. Now, I have the feeling that the Elohim learns about things that are going on in this realm through us. And that the rock This is one of the ways. Yes. And the rock group can scan things and does scan things and can see more directly or chooses to see more directly the various things that are happening on our planet. Well, we as the Elohim group can see more frequencies and higher frequencies because the the rock group has a cutoff of frequencies. So they might not see all of the influences that are working in a situation. However, we mm-hmm. have a much wider range of view and can tell much more information about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And Carla Rucker used to say, Maybe bringing back information to the higher realms. I'm trying to remember how she said it. Is is that accurate? Say it again. That in some way that now she was probably addressing the rock group more than the Elohim group, but that we bring back information to you that you might have not. In other words, uh, that the uh, people of the third density bring back information to the rock group, is that what you're saying? Or maybe, yeah, just leave it at that and see. Yes. Um, 
you you do bring that information uh, to us, uh, mm-hmm. which then causes us uh, perhaps to react in a way uh, to ask um, the uh, Confederation uh, if we can um, break the quarantine in a certain way to bring you information back based upon the information that we're simply getting as Mm -hmm. if um, we had a way, which we do, of monitoring uh, signals coming back, Mm -hmm. posting us on what is going on there. Now, the Confederation is a regulatory agency. Yeah. And they they have certain laws or or edicts that well they are in charge of certain areas. Mm-hmm. Um it would be the Council of Nine and um they would be monitoring at all times um what some things needing to be done uh and then um to uh, alert um other regulatory agencies um now the the Council of Nine is on Saturn, correct? And, yes. And they are a regulatory agency for our solar system, right? Right, right. And where is the where is the Confederation located? They're, they're outside of the um, solar system, and mm-hmm. they uh, and they have some members of the Milky Way in there. And and some of the planetary populations are connected to the Confederation, right? And that are physicalized. Yes. But the raw group is the raw group an unusual group to be connected to the confederation since they're not physicalized no so there's other many, many many of the groups connected are not physicalized and does the confederation have meetings like uh of all, all their members or all their representatives of members to discuss things? Uh, as needed, yes. Mm-hmm. And does the Confederation have enforcement of actions? To, to, to the, um, Uh, 
That is a very good question. Um, there is some enforcement, however, it is there is some enforcement automatically built in. I believe I remember Carla Ruckert saying at one point that, okay, Earth has a quarantine in it, and yeah. other other beings can't infringe on that quarantine. Right, it, but, it, but, it, we, but it's automatic. It's like hitting a brick wall. Yes, but then we have a number of negatively polarized ET groups that are interfacing on this planet. Right, in the inner planes. Yes. Is that regulated by the Federation? It is. Um, the quarantine is regulated by um, agencies uh, beyond the beyond, beyond time and space and space and time, mm -hmm. so that they put in a uh, into the energy field an automatic turn off. For the people uh, trying to get through, but uh, mm -hmm. don't match up with the the uh, code to get in. Mm -hmm. Does the Elohim have to go to the Confederation to do some kind of intervention here, or are they above that? They're above that. They're above that. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember another thing Carla Ruckert said, that when a negative group tries to get through into a loving group, they can't yeah. do it. They can't do it because they can't they're they're just they're blocked out of that space. Is that accurate? Uh, then you get into a matter of the of the um, quarantine. Uh, they can't do it unless they kind of somehow can uh, tweak the codes and, and somehow get through. So sometimes they. They do that. Yeah. Now, how about the situation where we had a president that made a treaty with a negative ET group? Did that treaty give them per more permission to do things? Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, on a human level, some of us are beset with very highly negative issues, like the 
believe they're being possessed. They believe that... Um, they may they they, actually be possessed. Yeah, they, they may be possessed. And they have ETs even that are impacting them. And I don't know if ETs are possessing them or influencing them, but... Or abducting them. Or abducting them. There is usually but, some agreement within the past of the person. Mm-hmm. That allows that to occur. Right. And just as a loving energy can keep negative out of the space, if that person that's having that experience had a more a, a more a more powerful loving energy, instead of being in the fear of it, would that give them protection? Yes, polarizing with it would uh, lock it in. <laughs> but if they um, were able to rise to a frequency, a totally loving frequency beyond or the range of the negative, they would just be out of the touch of it and, and the negative would lose track of them. Mm-hmm. It would be like... Um, a uh, 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 hiding location to hide at a frequency of love he, he negative couldn't pursue him to. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what? It's 11.47 and it's about time to go into our healing list. Yes. And just maybe make a closing comment for the people that feel like they want to have this friendship with with you, what would you tell them? It's uh, it's no big deal, really. I mean, you um, if you have a question, if you uh, feel like you need uh, for uh, a little help or something. Uh, just put your toe in the water and request it. Uh, you know, and see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And maybe meditate. I mean, again, as I said earlier, read or listen to the channelings. Read The Law of One from Carla Rucker. Read my book, The Reincarnation of Edgar Casey. It has some brilliant suggestions in their counseling on how to make connections with the higher realms. You know, um, yes. Step outside and, of your box a bit. Yeah. And just don't stay complacent. Reach for it. Reach for it and you'll get it. But if you don't reach, that's the question happen. on Wednesday. Ask a question on Wednesday. Put something on the healing list on Sunday. And let me see if Sija is there. Sija, are you there? I am here. Are you ready? I am ready. Now, just keep in mind, Sija is only going to do one request per person today. And in the future, uh, 
when you when you get on this list, be sure and pick the most important thing to you at the time. Okay? And I turn it over to Sija. I tell you, do you need a break? No. No. Okay. So she's going to read these entries from people that sent us a request. The way you send a request is and is in the light. So it's a web page. It's a form on a web page. In the light. Dot intelligent. Dash infinity. Dot com. In the light. Dot intelligent. Dash infinity. Dot com. And go ahead, CJ. Thank you. I call in the love light of protection around each and every person on this healing list. Each and every person that is a subject of the healing list. Everyone listening to this call, listening to a replay or reading a transcript. Alan from Old Bridge, New Jersey. And it's Sija that's putting Alan into the love light. Thank you for surrounding Alan in the love light for all doors opening with a smooth transition into his new apartment. Thank you. Thank you. In always, um, and I'll ask we send you harmony and ease of uh, moving into your new apartment. Thank you. Thank you. Bonnie from Corona, California. Love light to family and friends on the other side. I ask for some healing in my knees. The joint damage caused by rheumatoid arthritis is painful and limits my mobility, just moving about at home. Please assist with the energy flow that is stuck in my knees and not reaching my feet. I am grateful for this rare and sacred opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. We see the disconnection there. And uh, we take a minute. We are working with it. Thank you. Thank you. Echna from Snohomish. Dear Elohim, Ra and Grace, I thank you from my heart for being in my life and supporting me with with my evolution. I would like to put myself, body and soul into the light and the job interviews I'm doing for the best outcome and highest good of all involved. 
thank you again with much love. Thank you. Thank you. The relationship we have with you is mutual. We really appreciate you as you give back much energy in the relationship. And as you do in your other interactions in the life, and we um, take a moment and we expand the relationship of your job interviews. A few um, levels. Bringing energy back for what you put out. Thank you. Thank you. Gretchen B. from Mesa, Arizona. Please bring wisdom in as to the best way to get back to my family in Michigan. And please help me release anxiety and depression. Thank you. Thank you. We are taking a look at this. And we suggest you start where you are and any communication you can, even if it's just a little communication. Hello, good day. Um, how, how's, um, how, how's uh, your day going? Just uh, any communication you can begin to have uh, to build rapport with those that you wish to get back to can help and take it minute by minute in your day. Take a look around you at the ceiling, at the walls, and uh, send um, love um, to build um, rapport and friendship with your surroundings and then with the people you wish to get back to. Thank you. Thank you. Michael Adler from San Diego. Greetings once again. It's great to be able to communicate in this fashion. I would like to put Andrea C. Namaste in Topanga, California into the light for healing of her rheumatoid arthritis. Could you also comment on whether this condition has progressed too far for healing without physical intervention? Thank you so much for your attention. Kind regards and hugs to all. Thank you. Thank you. We feel that it has not progressed too far, um, but there are some um, massage, some uh, we, we are looking for different um, 
gefüllt. Supplementation to help ease and balance and alkalinity in the body to help, first of all, the situation from getting worse. Then after it could be stabilized, that you see about getting it better, we see it as painful. Thank you. Thank you. Natalia from North Carolina. Please send healing and unconditional love to Mother Earth. Healing for my father's throat, chest, lungs, heart, and feet. He is, he is sick with pneumonia symptoms. Thank you. Thank you. We are evaluating, taking a look. We send in frequencies for healing and relief. There are uh, supplementation that could help. But the, the first of all, we send the frequencies of those supplementation to him for healing. Thank you. Thank you. Natalia from North Carolina. And Natalia is now putting herself into the love light. She's asking for healing for inflammation in my vessel, hip pain, labral tear, um, disc bulge, L5, spine, and lower back. Healing, uh, and that's all. Thank you. Nat Natalia, please put your cat in um, a, a later stage next week. Thank you. <laughs> 